Good morning. Again, feeling like a regular. <laughs> That's a good thing. I don't have to uh, introduce myself as much, but I do want to make one clarification. While your pastor and I have one similarity, we're Italian, I do not like the Yankees. And I love the Red Sox. So take another offering after that. Huh? <laughs> oh, it is, uh, it is a joy. Uh, joy to be here and to uh, jump in the middle of this conversation that we're having around the Lord's, the Lord's Prayer. I don't know how many of you have the same experience as, as myself. I grew up in a Christian home, and so I don't have any memory of not pausing before a meal and saying a prayer. Even as a very small child, we did those memorized prayers. Anybody else that that's your experience? Yeah. So at 58 years old, I struggle with those meal prayers. I mean, I feel like God knows I'm grateful. Been telling him three times a day for 58 years. I find that I'm, I can't be real creative. Happy for the food. Happy for provision. I find that <clears throat> I, I have a passion to be authentic. And I don't ever want a phrase to come out of my mouth toward God that's not genuine. In other words, I don't want just a rote, God, thank you for this day, thank you for this food, thank you, bless our time, bless our blah, blah, blah. I don't want that. And so I, I wrestle with this idea of this repeated prayer before every meal. And, you know, I've been in situations like you where, you know, you're not sure that you're going to make someone feel awkward if you pray. Um, you know, some of you may have the, uh, I call it the napkin drop approach. You know, you're in a restaurant, you drop your napkin while you're down. Thank you, God, for the meal. You pick it up, you know. <laughs> I'm sure none of you have ever done that. However, I don't take it lightly as well. You know, I, I always thank God for the big things. Man, I can celebrate someone's life transformed, somebody's body that's healed, somebody gets a great new job, maybe finds the love of their life and get married, celebrate the birth. I, I mean, I love to celebrate the big thing. I don't have a problem with that. It's the little things. It's the routine things that I struggle with. And I don't want to be guilty of, of you know, I'm, I'm sure that there were people in the last week who prayed a prayer of thanksgiving because a helicopter showed up and plucked them off their roof. And they may not have prayed a prayer of thanksgiving in the last 20 years. I'm just guessing. But it's a pretty good guess. 
I don't want to be that guy. And so I live in this, this tension. You see, all of you have full lives. Maybe uh, work plus family plus recreation plus extended family plus more work plus church life and it just gets full and we find that we we can go along and and at some point realize wait 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 i've not been thankful and as a result as the whirlwind builds up and the life gets full you know what happens over here Worry, anxiety, fear, depression, tension. They seem to be the the absolute fruit of a very full life. But there's there's an antidote to all that that we find in this great prayer. You know, each week, started before I I showed up and will continue after I leave. We look at this prayer. Last week we looked at your kingdom come and that, that amazing tension that Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. But there will be one day a a kingdom where everything's set in order, that this already not yet kingdom. We looked at the comparison to D-Day and and V-Day, that there was a year in the middle, and that's where we live, kind of the, everybody knew at D-Day that the Allied forces were going to win the, were going to win the war, but there was a year of mess. And we, we knew, and when Jesus came out of the grave, that we're winning, We're winning. That's not in doubt. However, there's still pain and suffering, disease and difficulty that we work our way through. But we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done, because we're a people of profound hope. I won't preach that again, but that's a good word. Yeah, it was, Nick. It was good, man. It's bad when you got to say your own amens. Let's, let's, let's look at the, the, the context of the prayer one more time. Let me read it to you. Oh. Our Father, oh, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. A model of prayer that Jesus gave us. Some of you have heard it your whole life. Some of you, it's brand new. Hopefully in these moments when each week we take a small sentence and drill down and breathe some freshness into it. And so... Our focus this morning is give us today our daily bread. Now, 
when I say that to you, and I say, here's this prayer of Jesus, give us today our daily bread. Some of you go back to the same things that I go back to. Some of you go back to, you know, oh, I need to be thankful for food today. But the audience that Jesus was speaking to, the moment they heard that phrase, their mind switched to a story that they had all heard when they were little children. And those that were adults were telling their children of this story. And the story is of uh, their ancestors who were delivered from oppression, which is always a great story. And then they're out in the desert, and, and a part of that deliverance was miracle upon miracle. Plagues and deliverance and you know, blood and bugs and wind and storm, all kinds of crazy stuff. And then they're in the desert, and, and they, they're sitting in the desert after a while, and they're saying, man, we should have just stayed in Egypt and died. <laughs> and then God provides for them food. We refer to it as manna, which, you know, the, the definition of that word is, what is it? <laughs> like, they got up in the morning, and there's this, this white stuff on the ground, and they said, what is it? That's a good name. Let's just call it, what is it? So every time they said manna, they would think they'd kind of chuckle. Oh, man, we were eating. What is it? <laughs> Those of you that grew up in grade schools like me, you've experienced that. <laughs> the regular basis, they put it on your tray and you go, manna, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> you know. but, but here's what they knew about that story. God provided food in the morning, fed them through the day, but they couldn't save it for the next day. Because he wanted them to understand that he was their provision and he would provide for today. And that they didn't worry, have to worry about tomorrow. And as Jesus said those words, give us this, give us today our daily bread. They went, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's God's strategy for provision that's not, the, I, that's not the story that pops in your mind, but it, it was the story found in the Old Testament book of Exodus. And so as he said that, they, they kind of smiled and they nodded and they said, oh yeah, that's the God who provides. Now, as simplistic as this may sound, I'd just like to go after this sentence one word at a time. Now, it's only six words, so we're not going to be here that long, right? So he starts out, or maybe two words, give us. I wonder about that. As I was thinking about this sentence, I thought, why do we have to pray, God, give us? I'll tell you what, I think. Puts the weight on God. 
you know, you can go great periods of time like I can and not even consider that God is your provision for the food that you eat, for the air that you breathe, for the sun, for the shelter that you have. You can actually go long enough without thanking God for giving those things that you actually believe you provide them. It's amazing. In fact, you might never say as, I don't need God, I can provide my own food. I don't need God, I can suck air myself. I don't need God, I could build my own shelter. I don't need God. You would never say that, or you might say that, but most of us wouldn't say that. We would just act that way. But this, this prayer, this line in this prayer forces us not to do that. It forces us to recognize health and family and work and friends and community are all provisions from God. When you start thinking, you work for it, you got it. The American way, I can do it. I made these decisions. I'm healthy because I exercise. I have a great house because I am smart and I can think well and I can make money. I, and just as we begin to do that, Jesus takes us and kind of grabs us by the shirt and says, no, pray, God, give us bread. God, give us breath. God, give us community. See, these words force us to acknowledge that it's God. And remember, we don't provide. God provides. But what we do, and we fine-tune the skill, is we forget. And so when Jesus is giving this prayer, he says, pray, give us. Today, the next word. A day flies by. And I know that some of you would agree with me that the older you get, the, the quicker they go. There's not enough of them. There's not enough hours in them. And it's very simple to fill a day and then it's gone and you think, well, what happened in that day? But if I, I understand yesterday is gone and, and tomorrow's not here, that I, I have to live in this day and I need to take in this moment and I need to, I need to fully experience this moment, then I, I pray things like, give us this day. It's the same lesson that God taught the people of Israel in the desert. This day I'll provide. Can't save it till tomorrow. Yesterday's gone. One of my favorite authors, Dallas Willard, he said this. Today I have God, and he has all the provisions. Tomorrow it will be the same thought about that. I thought, how about my day would be different if that was my first thought in the morning before my feet hit the ground? Today I have God. And he has all the provisions. Tomorrow, it'll be the same. Suddenly, anxiety would reduce, fear might reduce, 
anxiousness, tension might reduce. See, this tiny little sentence is saying, you are dependent upon God for everything. And he wants us to remember. So then we go to bread. I was going to say the meat of the sentence, but that sounds, that's not a, that doesn't really work. Scratch that from the tape. Give us today our daily bread. Bread is representative of basic survival. It's like breath. It's a regular thing we do, and if you're like me, I love lots of bread. These breadless diets are not from God. It's in the scripture right there. Wrote that thing right there, man. Somebody says, oh, so, you, know, you go have a hamburger with somebody and they take the bread off. I'm going to quote that scripture to them right there. It's a, it's a source of life is what he's referring to. That daily, that daily fuel, that daily energy that comes and gives us life. Let's talk about bread, though, for a minute. If you step back and and think about, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is saying this is how we're to pray. And as we go to the story of Jesus, we see this theme kind of weaves its way through. Some of you know that there was a moment early on in Jesus' ministry where he went into the desert and didn't eat for 40 days. Weeks with no food. The enemy, Satan, comes to him and says, You hungry? You have the power to take these rocks and turn them into bread and and eat all the carbs you want. And Jesus responds. He said, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. That while... The bread that sits at our table we're thankful for. I think there's more meaning to this sentence. Yes, we start with bread. But it alone does not sustain. Now there's more. In fact, there's a moment where Jesus has a big crowd of people. They followed him because he was a great speaker. And, and the day was getting down. There's about 5,000 people. It says there were 5,000 men, probably with women and children, maybe 10,000 people. And the disciples come to Jesus and they, and they say, how are we going to feed these people? And he said, figure it out. <laughs> Isn't that great? Can you imagine disciples looking at each other? So how do we get in this mess? And then as I mentioned to you before, they found a little boy who I think that little boy like had his lunch and he heard him talking and he just put that thing behind his back. He said, nobody else thought about this and I've got to go. And then uh, Andrew kind of said, hey, 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 come here, come here, give me, your, give me your lunch. And they go to Jesus and they hand him this little boy's paper bag and say, here, here you go. We got it covered. Little bag, 10,000 people. And Jesus did what? 
It's the beautiful story of the scripture. He takes out a little and he makes it much. He takes that bread and he starts breaking it. And it begins to just fill basket after basket after basket until there's leftovers and everybody's fed. So we see that there's this sustaining of life and we see that there's this, this work of God that provides. But there's something that happens after that. That big group of people the next day think, we can just follow this guy. He has the ability to just make food come out of nowhere. And so they, Jesus tries to get away, but they find him and they come to him and they say, you know, we're back. And he says, you didn't, you didn't come because you wanted to hear the truths of God. You came because you were hungry and thought you could get a free lunch. And then he delivers a really strong message to them. And he says, I tell you, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger again. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And in that moment, he, and oftentimes Jesus is talking at this level and people are listening at this level. They're listening and thinking, oh, I can get another lunch. He says, no, 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 I'm not talking about that bread. I'm talking about life. I can give you the bread of life and you'll never be ripped by your shirt torn by I've got to do better I've got to do more I've got to be something that I'm not you can find life and then there's that final moment when he's with his disciples and he's told them I'm about to die I'm going to be killed in a criminal manner a violent death and then he reaches into the middle of the table and he grabs a piece of bread and he holds it up for them to look at and he, he breaks it. I think he probably broke it dramatically. He says, every time you eat this bread, you remember. You remember my life was broken so that you could have life. So this phrase, give us today our daily bread. Yes, it's about that ego that you just pulled out of the toaster. <laughs> but then it's also about that that alone cannot sustain life. And it also reminds us that God is the God that can provide in supernatural ways. And it also reminds us as we eat that bread that a body was broken so that we could have life. So Jesus says, just pray this prayer. It's like a it's like a starter. You know, so many things have starters. If you're going to build a big fire, you have to have some kindling. That's what this prayer is. Thank you for this bread. And thank you for life. And thank you for forgiveness. Jesus used the bread as a central theme of his entire time on the planet. But we were, my wife and I were watching a movie the other day. They had a four day. This would be that great moment if I could have that fresh baked bread smell come into the room. Right? Wouldn't that be perfect? I didn't think of that. I should have thought of that. <laughs> I'm sure there's candles that smell like bread. Let me wrap it up. Give us this day 
Basically, Jesus wants us to remember when we pray this prayer that every day we're dependent on God for everything. He's kind of deconstructing a complicated life that you and I live and say, I know you got to pay the rent. I know the pressure you live under. I know the tension you have in your family. I know the, the brokenness you have in your marriage. I know the physical challenge that you're facing. I know the economic situation. I know the governmental situation. I know the, you know, the world situation and the, the fear of terrorism. And, and in the middle of all that, he says, stop. And remember, you are totally dependent upon God. Mother Teresa said it this way. You don't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you've got. See, the other stuff blurs that. But this, this prayer says you don't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you've got. Sometimes we so want to wrap up Christianity and you will never have another problem and you will never have another difficulty, but it's in those hard roads that you pray this prayer and that you find life. So, how long? How long will we go? How long has it been since I said, God, you are my provision? How long before I said, God, you are the one who gives joy, peace? How many would say, I really understand what it is to be completely reliant on God? Some of you have that gift. I've had that gift. I can think of moments when nothing else was secure but God. So Jesus gives us this ancient ritual of prayer that says, give us today our daily bread. Maybe we pray it when we step out of bed. Maybe we pray it before breakfast. Maybe we pray it as we're driving to work, maybe we'll pray it at lunch. Maybe we pray it as it weaves like breath in our lungs through the day. But as we do it, we recognize that it's that bread that sustains us physically and spiritually, transforms and renews. That it's that bread of life that forgives it takes broken things and makes them whole. It takes hopeless things and gives them hope. It takes blind things and gives them sight. It's that daily bread. How different this week could be if we all prayed this phrase every day. See, once I pray the prayer, now, just today, as we're driving here, my GPS was telling me to go a different way through the city. And I didn't want to. And my wife says, a truth. 
that you hate to hear. She said, Nick, you don't like anybody telling you anything, do you? I said, definitely don't like that. But you know when you make that decision against your GPS, the thing that happens is it recalibrates. It adjusts. I think this prayer is a recalibration prayer. Because I get up and my, my chest is heavy of how much work I have to do that day. And my brain is spinning because I'm stuck and I can't figure something out. And all of a sudden, I don't know how to navigate a moment. And then I pray, God, give us, give me this day the daily bread that I need. And all of a sudden, I hear recalibration like, oh, wait, it isn't on me. <laughs> oh, wait. I just thought I had to figure this problem out. Oh, wait. It's a recalibration prayer. And then joy floods in instead of despair. Confidence comes in instead of freedom. Now, here's what I'm going to do for you. Let me give you an opportunity right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity to recalibrate your life. Ready? It's, it's not complicated. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. All right? Those of you that are willing to pray that prayer with me, let's pray it together. Ready? Go. Give us this day our daily bread. That was the warm-up. We're going to do it again. Give us this day our daily bread. Let's, let's do it a few more times and, and just... Whatever you brought in here, because I know you did. I was standing out there listening. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> but you brought stuff in here just like I did. Let's pray it a couple more times. Ready? Give us this day our daily bread. Let's pray it again. Give us this day our daily bread. God, recalibrate our lives. <laughs> The trick of the enemy that just wants to tell us it's our strength, it's our wisdom, it's our provision. Give us this day our daily bread, oh God. Recalibrate our lives to be dependent on you. Refresh. God, you know the hearts of the men and women in this room who maybe in the last seven days, I don't know if I can go another week. I don't know if I can go another day. God, recalibrate their life right now. Give us this day our daily bread. Let tomorrow be tomorrow. God, I, I trust you for that. I trust you for it in my life. And I trust you for it in our life. In Jesus' name. I'd like the worship team to come back. And as they're coming, I, I, I mean, I've been honest. I, I need this prayer every day. I'm glad Jesus gave it to me. But some of you, it, there might be a long distance since you've been recalibrated. And as we sing this, this final song, I just want in your heart to Say, God, recalibrate my life. It isn't me, it's you. Give us this day our daily bread. But some of you, 
maybe just looking at what Christianity is. So who is this Jesus? I've heard about him. I heard about him since from youth. Or I just came because my spouse tricked me and told me if I was going to get a free lunch, I had to come here. I don't know. Children. You know, it's good for the children. I'll go for the children. I don't know. But here's what I do know. The God of the universe came close by in the person of his son, walked on the planet so that we could know him that we could know him and that he could provide bread so that we could have life. And if you don't know him, I encourage you to pray a simple prayer that goes like this. Lord, here's my life. I have tried to manage it. I need you to recalibrate it. I turn it over. <sighs> Give us this day our daily bread. And if you do that, make sure you fill out one of those cards or tell somebody. God bless you. Stand up as we sing.